live, guys. All right. Hey, All right. everybody. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, May 6th, right? Yes, because yesterday was Cinco de Mayo. Yes, that's right. Um, and, on, and it fell on Taco Tuesday. Yay. Second time in, what, five years, right? Yep. Everybody get tacos yesterday? I got tacos no. yesterday. Nah, I'm not a big fan of tacos. No. You're not a big fan of tacos? What the hell's wrong with you? Anyway, I am... I am your host, Frando. I have my partners in crime here. Thomas, Enos, and Madman is working our boards. Um, I know that usually Olivia joins us to, from Gateway um, Comics and Toys. Tell us what's new and shopping, what's going on. She hasn't dropped on, so I don't know if she's busy or if she didn't get the Zoom link or, or what have you. But anywho, um, how was everybody's last week? Yeah, pretty good. It was good. Fantastic. All right, so we got some news items to go through, some good stuff coming Um to mention, uh, guys, sorry, bear with me. I'm, I'm fixing the monitor plug on my laptop here, which you notice I'm not looking at the cameras because I'm I'm trying to keep being able to see what we're actually doing. Okay, so getting into the news items. Um, sadly, we got news that uh, Juan Velasco, um, longtime inker for both Marvel and DC and a couple of other comic companies, passed away at age 51 this week. Wow. That's very young. Yep. He, uh, there was no mention as to what it was um, the cause of death. I don't believe it's corona related, but you don't know. Right. But uh, for those of you who didn't know, Mr. Flasco had worked on Marvel Shadows and Light, Uncanny X-Men, Cable. He did the Spider-Boy team up as part of the Amalgam crossover of DC. Also did inks for Superman, President Lex, Batman, Orphans, and Impulse, among other things. So he had done a lot of work. Yeah. So, that's a shame. That's a shame. That's 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 very young. Um, and inkers don't get enough love in the comic industry. And no, they don't. Uh, and and I can tell you, a a good inker can um, take bad artwork and make it look great, or a bad inker can make great art look horrible. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I Which know is, personally one who's best in the business, and that's Brett Breeding. Absolutely. Um, so it looks like we are starting to slowly get back to normal in the comic um, shops here. Marvel Comics has released their list of the free titles um, that's going to be available on the Marvel Unlimited app from May 5th till June 2nd, um, which I'll get to the actual in-store releases. But they're showing Secret Invasions, Secret Wars, Black Panther, um, issues 13 through 18, and 166 or 172. With, oh, John Byrne Vision, uh, Fantastic Four by John Byrne. Hmm. Um, the 232-240 Captain America winner issue. So a lot of great um, back stuff um, out there. Um, but also Marvel has announced that they're going to start re-releasing new issues again on Wednesday, May 26. And they have actually released their schedule all the way through like July. Mm. Um, and it looks like they wow. are going full um, full tilt back on the publishing again because on Wednesday, May 27th, looks like Amazing Spider-Man 43, Avengers 33, Marauders 10, Star Wars Dr. Alpha number one, Venom 25. And then like on June 3rd, um, we got a bunch of trade paperbacks coming, uh, then followed by Black Cat number 11, Daredevil 20, Deadpool 5. So Marvel is jumping right back into the publishing because remember, um, Diamond said they're going to start shipping again, what, I think May 15th is when they start to go back yeah. to uh, work? I believe you're correct. So Marvel has not only announced that they're going to be publishing again, but they're just jumping right into it and just going to start pumping out product. Um, not to be outdone, um, let me scroll down here because I got notes all over the place. Um, DC has also released their upcoming stuff um, from the from May 19th on. So for May 19th, Tommy, I know you and I are both looking forward to this one. Deceased Unkillables number three will be on the 19th. And then those of us reading the Joe Hill comics, Dollhouse Family number six comes out on May 19th. I've been really looking forward to uh, reading that series. Um, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, Year of the Villain, Hellerism 3, the third printing. Wow, I didn't realize that thing went to, to three printings. Um, but then also May 26th, um, Aquaman 59. I know Enos will be excited for that when he's reading Aquaman. Um, Basketball of Heads number seven. So it looks like both Marvel and DC are going to get right back into the swing of things. Well, that's good. It'd be, be good to get back to normal. Which yeah. reminds me, 
I didn't make it to the shop today. I know Flash 753 came out, so I'm going to have to get myself out there. Uh, I texted Ed saying, did we get anything new today? Because I was busy doing other stuff, and I, I didn't get to see. So, But I, I was reading through that list. I just remembered that, yes, Flash 753 was out today. So, hey, Enos, man, are you reading Hawkman? Yes, I am. So you know all about the current fight he's got with Sky Tyrant, with him and Hawkwoman? Yes. And uh, with Adam Strange and Adam and how they're having to relive his past lives. Right. Did you see what's coming in Hawkman 23? No, lay it on me. So this is actually kind of interesting. And the only reason I bring this up is because you guys have to remember the time frame of comics that by the time it hits the shelf, um, it was already written and drawn months in advance. Um, but Hawkman 23 is actually going to be revisiting his time as a plague doctor during the Great Plague of Seville in 1650. Ah, okay. So, so uh, for those who don't know, Seville actually had a very uh, devastating disease, which they believe was bubonic plague. Um, in Spain from 1647 to 1652, and it wiped out like 600,000, 700,000 people. So, Did um, you know there's still cases of bubonic plague to this day? Absolutely. Um, I thought we had wiped oh, wow. out. Polio was supposedly wiped out, but I think I said, uh, not said, I think I read a couple years ago that it is starting to resurface again in some of the third world countries. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've heard something similar to that as well. But uh, yeah, that's it's funny because I read that and uh, DC actually wanted to stress that. Remember, time frame of the comics. This was written and illustrated probably end of March, beginning of April, yeah. before the whole coronavirus and lockdown. Of course, we knew about coronavirus, but it wasn't to the point of everybody stay home, we're locking you down type of thing. Right, right. So, also, Tommy, you will like this one. Brian Michael Bendis. Now, I don't follow um, Twitter, so it's hard for me to actually get the full gist of some of these. But apparently, Brian Michael Bendis made a tweet the other day um, where he said, um, thank you for staying home and snuggling up with your comics. And then he said, just FYI, um, hashtag Legion Superheroes has a huge announcement forthcoming. There you go. But I, but I don't know if we know what that is yet. What is? So, huh? But we don't know what it is, so hurry up, Brian, and tell us what's going on. We, it, it can only well, be one thing. If it's a huge announcement, it can only be one thing. Let that, me guess. Matter eater, eater lad. Matter eater lad. Right. I mean, that's what else could it be? <laughs> it's a huge announcement. There's really nothing else to be. I mean, speculation is at an end. The man is back. <laughs> I, I don't know, brother. I think you are the only one who could get that excited about Matter Eater Lad coming back. No, I am not. We had Daryl Banks on the show, and he talked about Matter Eater Lad. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I am not. I am not, Brandon. <laughs> I still don't know why you like that character. He's right up there with Feral Lad as the most useless character. There is nothing useless about being able to eat any form of matter. That is an amazing power, an amazing Except, power. you know how long it actually takes him to have any effect on anything when they're in combat? It doesn't matter. He, if, if you get stuck in a cell, he's just going to eat the way, out, the way out. I mean, it's fine. You know, he eats the lock, the cell door opens, you leave. I mean, it, he's the man. He is the man. Or else he could be like Daffy Duck, he bits of metal and then spit them out like a machine gun. Go. There you go. That's Enos. Always thinking. Always thinking. Starts eating. Uh, they get locked up. He starts eating the, the jail cell bars. They're like, I'll have us out in eight hours, guys. I question his awesomeness. In, in defense in defense of Matter Eater Lad, I will say that there, were, there, was, there was a lot of characters I thought were um, a lot more ridiculous than him, like Slapstick, and um, what was the other one I was thinking of? Amazing Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's not we can forget. always use a friend like Amazing Man. Let's not forget the actual, I think, maybe one issue appearance of Arm Fall Off Boy. There oh, you go. God. See? 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 <laughs> there are worse characters in the Legion than Matter Eater Lad. Yeah. Like Color Kid. 
that. Oh my god! <laughs> or what, who was the other one? The one that was in the Legion Super Legion of Substitute Heroes, Chlorophyll Kid. Yeah, Chlorophyll Kid, Color Kid. Make make plants Kid. grow. Yeah. And Although Stone Boy, Stone Boy, Polar Boy. But the one girl who had the super pat, the super strength only at night, she actually made it into the regular Legion. Was that Shadow Lass? Yeah, no, no, no. Shadow Lass um, was the one who could cast shadows in darkness. This was a girl oh. who had super oh, strength, okay. right, 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 but only at night. Well, I mean, if you have cool enough powers, I mean, you know, you just have to make sure you always take her on the night missions. Right. Yeah. right. Leave her home when it's you know during the day. Right. Then well, I thought I had more news items. I'm not seeing them. So, Tommy, I know you have something. Lay it on us. So, the CGC, I saw this on Facebook. CGC is saying that there's a pending announce, big announcement coming up, but they didn't say what it was. And they showed some clips, and it looks like, um, you know, the, the CGC folders, you know, you know, the containers, you know, slabs and everything like that. One of the slabs they show says 9.5. Hmm. Wow. So, you think they're about to auction off a so, private collector's things? Well, no, because think because there isn't a nine point five in comics right now. It's nine. It's nine, nine, two, nine, four, nine, six, nine, eight, nine, nine, and ten. Oh, so you looked up the census. There's no nine five. There's no nine five rating right now. Like you know, the the other ratings like there's an eight five, a seven five, you know, and stuff like that. But there's not a nine five. Some people are speculating that they're getting back into you know things like sports cars and non sports cards and stuff like that. But you know, there's other people that are speculating that there might be like a new rating system for. You know, for the for comic books. So, hung in. Let's back up. CGC does not actually have a nine point five category. There is not a nine point five category. No. Huh. I did it's, not it's know not, that. It's nine, nine, two, nine, four, nine, six, nine, eight, nine, nine, and then ten. Hmm. But yet, I know there's eight fives because I've got a couple on my shelf. Oh yeah. The the the, the other ones are they, there is a five. There's like a one point five, a two point five, a three point five. You know, on up. But when it gets right. to nine. It goes nine, nine, two, nine, four. It's it's all even numbers except for nine, nine. They even have uh, a point five. Look, Tommy. It's a <laughs> yes, I see that. <laughs> I, I'm glad you were able to get that shot in on me today. <laughs> no worries. Can, I, can I ask why? About your about your about your your hair? Because see, you see, I'm nicely <laughs> shaved here. Whereas whereas you look like a hip. Can I ask why the CGC man. wouldn't have a, a nine point five rating? I don't know. I, I don't really know why they don't, but for whatever reason, when it comes to nine, it's broke down more than any of the other numbers, and there's well, not nine five. Well, here's the thing. It looks like they went even numbers. Do they have nine sevens and nine nines? They have a nine that's... nine. They do not have a nine seven, but they do have a nine nine. Okay, so then and that makes no sense why they eliminated nine point five. Now, now with with sports cards and you know baseball cards, you know non sports cards like Pokemon cards and stuff like that. There is a nine five. That's that's a that is a standard. So there are people speculating that they're that this means they're getting into grading cards, you know, and not doing, you know, a rehash of yeah, the. Uh, let's be honest. That market is deader than almost the comic industry, and it, it the comic well, industry is not doing real good right now. It it depends. The sports card market on older sports cards is still alive and well. Well, exactly. Just like but, silver and bronze and golden age comics. That's never that yeah. market is always going to be good. Right, but your but your your more modern one, you are a hundred percent correct. That's 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 you know it's it's not really going much anywhere. I I remember when you know when my wife and I first got engaged, I went over to my brother's house with a with all my with a bunch of my sports cards because we were going to look through them and see if I had any that were worth money to help pay for the wedding. Yeah, I didn't have right. crap. <laughs> <laughs> so everything everything that had been worth money when I was was a kid and originally collecting them, not so much anymore. Well, the sad yeah. thing about about um, like comics as it is with with cars as it is with comics, somebody had the bright idea thinking that when you had more of them, everybody gets the opportunity to have them. But but the whole thing about it is the reason why the comics are all so valuable is because they're so rare, and right. that and that it was a lot Seriously less of them back value. then than than the, exactly exactly. Yeah, and, I mean. Um, that's what well, caused the market to fall out of them. You know, the, the comic book scene, the, the, the card collecting scene is, you know, they, they were just oversaturated. Oh, yeah. And, and, well, and remember, and, and, go ahead. 
Remember, um, just like in the 90s with Marvel putting out, you know, 16 different variants and, and hologram covers and what have you, um, there was entirely too many sports cards being published um, every month. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, they had, and, and much like the variant, you know, you, you talked about the variant, um, you know, the variant market with with uh, with everything. Sports card had inserts, which was basically their variants. So it was kind of the same thing. So I don't know. You would know. You know more about this than I. Did um, sports cards suffer the same fate during World War II with the paper drives that a lot of them were destroyed, or was that strictly comic books and, and books and, and magazines? I would imagine you'd have the same problem with, with cards. They were smaller I don't know and before. they're like cardboard based. Right. Yeah, yeah. more cardboard based, but I mean, it, so maybe not. A, a com comic books are, are have far more paper. Yeah. Right. So I don't think they suffered the same fate that we lost so many comics to the paper drives. Yeah, it probably wasn't as, as bad, I would imagine. Um, you know, not to mention it with uh, with it being like you said, cardboard based. But well, but to be easy, honest, it's easier to know, save a couple of baseball cards because of how rare they were back then than it is to save a whole bunch fate. of comic books. That's a lot of paper. Right. Yeah. Not, not to mention too, uh, they took up less shelf space than a, than a pile of comic books would. Yeah. So I did find my other news items I was referring to, too. Um, so that Creators for Comics charity campaign that was started to uh, help the brick-and-mortar stores, mm -hmm. um, last report that I have, it has raised over $433,000 for donations. Oh, that's um, good. Glad to hear it. it. Was in a, that, that was in a five-day period. I'm really curious to see um, how much of that – and this is – not speaking ill of the movement or the charity, I'm curious to see how much of that 430000 makes it into the pockets of the stores that need it. Yeah. Because just like yeah. any other charity organization, there is an operating cost that has to come off the top of that first. Right. Right. So, you know, let's hope most of it does go to the stores because they, they do need that. And then I'm wondering, how are they going to distribute that now? Is there – because – I'm sure if every comic book store in the country submitted help for that, they're all going to get a check for $20. I mean, right. I, so I'm wondering how they determine who's going to be the most need, needy on that. So interesting yeah, that, to see. That's a good question. That's a good question. But, well, plus the charity is still going. I know that Jim Lee is only up to 32, 33 days now, I think, of his um, um, charity um I will get this out of his charity <laughs> art auction. Um, and that was a 60 day program. Yeah. So. Interesting to see. So Tommy on that CGC article, did they say the follow up for when they would announce what's what the announcement is? Not that I'm aware of. No, I, I just, I, I just saw it, it was like a little, a short video and I don't, you know, I don't remember seeing anything as to, as to when it would be. I mean, hopefully it'll be soon so we can get some, Get some light on this here. I was kind of hoping Olivia would have been here today so we could we could ask her if she knew anything about it. But oh yeah, that's true because comic shops would have probably been the first to be notified that hey, here's what's coming down the pike. But yeah. let's be honest, they probably didn't get anything more than we did, other than big announcement coming. All right. right. <laughs> All right. Anybody got any like other you're about huge to pull a Biden? A Biden? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, fall he looks asleep. like he is about to pass. Like he's about to fall asleep. So uh, anybody oh, got no, other I'm, news items? I'm no, that's, that's really all I had was, was that, that CGC announcement. Huh, well, very interesting. Well, if, um, well, I'm not really sure if there's news, but if any of you guys like to get the seasons of different TV shows and stuff, Walmart has The Flash, Arrow, Titans, and I'm having because I haven't seen the swamp thing down here in my area, but um, they're all down to like nine ninety five. Oh, I see. I definitely want to get to those DC streaming ones, so I'd be interested in the Titans. Yeah. So, so like in uh, and the and the, this is the most recent episode. Um, this is the most. It's not just the past seasons. It's these most recent ones. Um, right. That's uh, for so like this is a good time to clean up on those. I'm still waiting for the second season of Black Lightning, uh, but um, and plus, if you're into the Japanese stuff, there's a new Ultraman show that has been um, that's out circulating now, and a lot of the adventures now are on DVD. They're in Japanese, 
but they're Blu-ray nine ninety five. Nice. So, so yep. some a lot of good stuff that's out that you can uh, take full advantage of right now. So, oh, yeah, happy birthday, Madman! Oh yes, Madman, happy birthday! Oh, I actually, you. I, you know, I, I actually saw that on Facebook and meant to post, and then I got distracted doing other stuff. Daggone it. We'll tell you right here. Happy birthday. Um, so, Enos, since you're talking about Thank that, you. I'll tell you the deal I lucked into um, a couple years ago. Uh-huh. Um, my wife and I were at BJ's here locally, and we were waiting in the line to check out. And I looked down um, at the little cardboard dump they had for DVD displays, and I found uh, Incredible Hulk seasons one through five for $10 wow. each. And I just like yep, all steal. five and just grabbed all five of them. Put That's them in the cart. And my wife started laughing. She's like, "You want those?" I'm like, "Absolutely, ten dollars a yeah. season." Yes, You're damn right. And I tell you what, a, a lot of those shows, a lot of those episodes, still hold up really well today. So well, I happened to see the the uh, second pilot um, because I think the Hulk was the only TV show that actually had two pilots before it actually became uh, a series. It started right. off as the, the first show was a, originally a movie of the week that was used as a pilot, but there was a second one called A Death in the Family, ironically, that was a second pilot that came out um that came out three two to three months before the actual um pr- premiere of the series. And uh, yes. You uh if you actually buy on season one um, you had the first pilot where he has the accident that turns him into the Hulk. But right. the second pilot you're talking about is actually a two-hour episode on there, and it's about the the blind girl that's ill, yeah. and you find out that she's actually being poisoned. That's on there. Yeah, yeah. and and my favorite line from that particular episode, the Hulk, after he changed into the Hulk, he went, goes into, this, into the woods and runs across this hermit, and he goes and sits down at the campfire with the hermit. The hermit is taking a drink. And he asked him, are you real or did you come out this bottle? Oh, yeah, because the hermit's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, that's also got the scene where the hermit gives him a taste of the alcohol. The Hulk doesn't like it, and he spits it right into the fire. <laughs> yeah, and he burns the chicken up. <laughs> yes. That was a great show. I lent those yeah. out to a friend of mine. I should get those back and rewatch them. But I'm about to load up Battlestar Galactica again, I think, and rewatch that. Um since I didn't got Tommy hooked in. All right, show and tell time. Um, Enos, you go first. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, uh, oops. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're wearing this pants week. today. That's all I got to say, because when that phone yep. just fell, it could have been bad for everyone. Oh, no. <laughs> but, um, no, today I'm just going to spotlight one of my favorite Captain America Um comics. I have Captain America 254. Oh, that is a taking, nice looking book. Taking, mm-hmm. on, taking on Baron Blood and the, and the significance of this issue is that it is just before the commemorative 250 uh, issue number 255 with details as origin, but this is also part of the War and Remembrance um, run by Roger Stern and John Byrne and this also introduces this um, also deals with the passing of the original Union Jack uh, from Captain Farnsworth and the new guy Joey Chapman who takes over um, at the end of the, uh, <coughs> the, end of the issue. You alright there, Andy? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That is not COVID. Sorry, that is allergies. And and also and this is also the issue where we see um, this was the first time I actually saw Captain America kill anybody when he took his shield and chopped off Baron Blood's head. Mm. Sounds like a good one there. Yep. This is Captain America 254. Sweet book. Hey, Madman, you got something for show and tell? Where is Yeah, let me see if I can mess with the video here. All right, this is uh, one of my favorite mature titles. This is uh, Give Me Liberty uh, by Frank Miller and Dave Gibbons. And um, and I, I love this story. This is the very first issue, Homes and Gardens. And if you know anything about, I don't know, it was one of the very first mature titles I ever read. And I loved it because it outlines the story of this, of this young girl named Martha Washington who grows up in, you know, really extreme conditions Ooh, yeah. in this... Um, 
a dystopian world, you know, it, it, and it, which is a little bit silly. And but uh, it outlines her like she ends up joining PAX, which is a military organization. And it's, it outlines her, her story. And it's a kind of interesting story, kind of almost a little rebellious. And uh, I, I don't want to give too much of the plot away because it's a really excellent story. I think it's probably uh, Frank Miller's and Dave Gibbons' finest work. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a great, that's a great team up right there. Yeah. Hey, hey Madman, I, I had heard back in 93, I believe it was, that Jada Pinkett Smith was trying to get the rights to this because she wanted to make this into a movie. Wow. And I think, I think that yeah. would have been awesome. And I think, yeah, I think she would have killed it. She would have you know, been perfect she, as Martha yeah, Watson. She's gorgeous. She could probably still kill it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, I liked her. She was one of my favorite characters in, uh, in Gotham. Fish yep. Mooney. Oh, Fish Mooney. <laughs> Great. Her and her and Oswald Cobblepot became my two favorite characters in that show. Mm-hmm. Right. I really love what. I'm gonna digress for just a minute here, since Tommy went and did it. I really love the episode when Fish Mooney found herself as uh, part of the fodder for that body bank, and that they wanted her eyes, and she took her own eye out and stomped on it in the floor, and, <laughs> and basically made yeah. it useless to the guy. I'm like, wow, that took us hardcore. It is. All right. Tommy, what do you got for show and tell? So this is a recent addition to my collection. You've probably heard me talk about it before. You know, when I talked about uh, my uh, the, the comics that were stolen from me, um, our friends <laughs> over at Gateway, our, ga- our friends over at Gateway Toys and Comics uh, got got this in recently at a good price and sent me a message that I could get twenty percent off my purchase. So I took advantage of it and picked this up. Tonight we have Captain America number one hundred. Ooh, nice. Now, how recently did they did um, Ed and them contact you? I've had this for two weeks, three weeks, two or okay. three weeks. So, so pretty recently. Because um, he, because he yeah. had that back when I bought my superheroes, Marvel superheroes twelve, and my Cap one. He had those. Oh, but you know yeah. what? That's right. Mark bought it right then and there. Bought it and sent it off to get graded. Put it back up, dude. Yeah, definitely. I um, was very happy to get this. Uh, you know for. For those that don't know, this is when the title went over from, what was it? Was it Randy? Strange Tales to Captain America? Tales of Suspense. Tales of Suspense. Tales of suspense. Thank, you. Thank you, Enos. It went from Tales, Tales of to Astonish was Submariner and Hulk, right? Yeah. Right. right. So this went from Tales of Suspense 99 over to Captain America 100. So essentially, this is the number one of Captain America's Silver Issue series. It, it absolutely is the number one of Silver Age Captain America. Right. So this is this is one that I've always always had, and you know, like unfortunately, it was one of those comics that uh, was taken from me by someone. I would love to find them and give them a good punch to the face. We do but, not actually know it was stolen. Well, we don't know it was stolen, but yeah. pretty, the, the con- I don't know. The who conclusion you're coming to is that someone had to help him. Hey, Rand. Hey, Tommy. Can I see that again, please? On my video yeah, went off. Certainly, right there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very, very, that is. Very- a- so it was a Captain America one. It was um, what were the four books you lost again? I was this one, giant size X Men number one. Oh yeah, that one hurts. Avengers yeah. number four. Oh, that one hurts. That that's that's the most hurtful one right there because that's going to be the one that I have the hardest time replacing for a decent price. Cheaply, yeah. Yeah, and the other one is I can never remember the number, but it was Fantastic Four and was the first appearance of the Silver Surfer. Okay. Uh, gotcha. That's 48, right? I think. I believe so. I want to say that's correct. 48, 49, and 50 is that whole Galactus yeah, trilogy. The whole, the whole Galactus trilogy. Mine was, I had the first part of that that introduces us to the Silver Surfer. So, be right well, back, guys. Okay, so I can't beat Tommy. I can't. Enish, you don't want to leave yet. Oh, Enish, you're going to miss it. So, for show and tell, um, I have, um, thought I muted that. Um, a Batman 175. That's pretty book in its own right, though. Yeah, it's an older book. It's a it's a little it's a little shop worn, um, but I really love this cover. Yeah, the whole Batman was taken out by something that even Robin's like, wow, I don't know what you know messed you up, but I don't want to take it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah Batman got his hindquarters handed to him right there. Yep. 
But uh, yeah, Decline and Fall of Batman. There's a, I thought I had the one, and maybe I already showed it. I have to look. But yep, I've got another one of these older Batmans, and then I'm going to have to figure out what else I'm going to be pulling out of the, the boxes there. All right. Coolness. All right. So um, tonight we are going to be talking about that bane of the comic book industry, the seduction of the innocent. By our good um, friend, Frederick Wortham. So for those our listeners out there who don't know about this, back in 1954, um, American psychiatrist by the name of Frederick Wortham, like Tommy already mentioned, had published a book called The Seduction of the Innocent. And in the book, he charges that comic books were a negative form of popular literature and they were basically a direct cause of juvenile delinquency in the United States. Um, the problem was... Uh, American parents went into uh, a frenzy, and it got to the point where even a U.S. correctional inquiry was launched into the comic book industry. Uh, but you have to remember, this was also at the time that we were looking for communists everywhere. Right. And not, we'll get to that later. Never mind. But yeah, like uh, you said, this was during the, during the 50s and everything. We were, you know, communists were under every tree. So. Right. Um, and in fact, now I've lost it here, but there was one particular senator on the um, – U.S. Uh, – I can't get this out. Man, I've been speaking problems today. Anyway, there was a Senate subcommittee and there was a particular senator who used this as their platform to go ahead and start attacking along with the, the other um, issues of the day. What ended up happening is that um, comic book companies – Estes – Carrie Estes Cofever. There you go. You got it. Yeah, I got him right here. Um, as a result of this um, – Instead of actually shutting down the comic book companies, they decided, well, we'll police ourselves, and the Comics Code Authority was formed in order to do that. So here's what was really um, part of the huge problem with it. Um, so Looks like we lost audio or something. Can you guys hear me? I don't know why I'm not hearing you. Maybe if you guys uh, like uh, exit out of the Zoom meeting and come back in.
I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm doing my best here. I'm trying to figure this out. The software kind of like got garbled there with the audio. The video is working just fine. Unfortunately, I, if anyone was actually listening to the podcast, I don't know if it's actually still broadcasting, which is why we just kind of have stopped. So, all right, Madman's about to come back and tell us if he if he's got his audio back. Ouch! I got I got your audio back. I have no idea no idea what happened there was some sort of a uh, software issue and i had to like uh, switch back over to a, a different setting and then come back to not the a problem setting just turn everything back on yeah That's well thank you it. for getting us back and running man man we had a utmost faith we appreciate it yep we appreciate it. so back to where we were we were talking we have been talking about some of the stuff that uh he was he was putting into to this book and the senate hearings things such as batman and robin uh being gay uh Wonder Woman with the uh, with the bondage subtext, which we, which was later admitted to by by her creator that there was a bond, definitely a bondage subtext right. there. Um, but also accusing her of being a lesbian due her, due to her being strong and independent. Right. Um, I do I, now again the thing with uh, William Moulton saying that uh, he was freely admitting that 
uh, into the bond of saying, I don't think they've actually confirmed that, but it's pretty much been proven that, yes, he was, you know, he was very much into the whole bondage um, scenario with his wife and his lover. So. Right. Who all live together with their, what, eight kids between the, the, the two? S something like that. Yeah. There's a really, by the way, guys, um, if you are out there listening um, on Facebook, I posted a link to lostsoti.org. It's a really great site for seduction of the innocent history. I highly recommend you go look at it. Um, Tommy, what's really cool about that site is that it does list some of the books that were used in the Seduction of the Innocent, as well as um, lost issues, um, issues that were where things were mentioned in the Seduction of the Innocent, but the book itself has long since disappeared, and also issues that Wortham himself even missed noticing that had some of these very same offenses he was going off about. Right, because um, keep, keep in mind, you know, these books that were used in, in Seduction of the Innocent are highly collectible. Right. Because they were used in it. I mean, one of your holy grails is a book that was used in Seduction of the Innocent. And I'm lady 17, yes. Yeah. So, and, 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 you know, if you look, if you look at some of the price guides, you know, like the book before and the book afterwards are not worth anything, but the book that was used in Seduction of the Innocent. Well, actually, he used both of them. He used 16 and 17. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Both of those. But yeah, it's these, these are highly collectible books. I definitely, that's, it's something, I don't know which one I want, but I would definitely like to find a, a Seduction of the Innocent book to add to my collection. Well, I, I can tell you that Phantom Lady 17 is probably one of the most sought after because it is one of the most famous covers. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a pretty cover. And, you know, the thing about it is it was it was pretty risque by the time period. But now nowadays, it's probably kind of tame. I don't know. She's Burr. still kind of wearing lingerie and tied up with the uh, pointy headlights there. So, eh. mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway um but anyway so afterwards on his book um there was a, a study back in 2012 by carol tilly um about a lot of the information that were them using his book um basically um not being confirmed by him when he did it um so he didn't adhere to regular standards of scientific research when he did this um a lot of his um um sample size that he used for the kids as far as the juvenile delinquency were already um troubled juice yep. right right so there was no connection between them real connection between them and comic books like he tried to say that there was exactly um also a lot of the material that he used in it um he would get from children who had said they had seen or had read it without actually confirming the book that it was in right um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know what happens when you ask a kid for a story that doesn't have a backup. Um, what they tell you and what they actually saw are, are two different things. Right. You know? I mean, there's, there's one example where they talk about there being a decapitated man in an, an issue of Captain Marvel, but it really wasn't a de decapitated man. Captain Marvel's face had been hit by an invisibility poster. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was things like, like that. Now, one thing I would do want to say about Frederick Wortham is, you know, in, in this one, you know, it probably wasn't researched enough and and everything like that. But we do have to give the man his due on some on some other things. You know, he was a progressive psychiatrist and a lot of his findings were, were used to help, you know, with with desegregation. And during the time period, you know, he was quoted highly in Brown versus Board of Education. So he, you know, he did some good. Absolutely. Just, yes. Yeah. You know, so. so, so just not just not necessarily with this right so here's here's the problem it's not like the man was a quack he had a valid point um yes there was a lot of gore and a lot of sex um in the comics at the time because they weren't policing themselves right um, so it's really a matter of if he didn't do it somebody was going to come along and do it for them and you know in all honesty the person that could have been other than him could have been a lot worse right it, this could have been uh, this oh, could yeah. have actually have killed it i think the fact that it ended up at a senate subcommittee and it says well how about this you guys have been operating with free reign way too long we've uh, we've looked the other way for what almost 20 years now you guys need to pull it in um mm -hmm. now one can easily argue too that the comics code authority is not needed nowadays um, especially with the direct market. When the direct market surfaced in, what, the early 70s, um, that pretty much made the, the Comic Code Authority, you know, a, 
an extinct animal because the very same reason you were policing comic books because they were on the, the open market for kids to see was now longer no longer valid because you took them out of the market. Well, and the comic co- comics code authority is gone. It, it yeah, no literally. Longer, it's gone. It no longer exists. It was just right. the last comic to be published under the comics code authority sticker was in 2010. Yes. So, so it's, so it's gone and has been for, for some time. Um, but did you, did you look up what, what the, what the criteria was for the comics code authority back when it first started? No, actually, let me know what that is. Cause I know it was some really weird stuff. So, so here, so here it is. This is, this is, this is what they put, they put in here and, and there, there's quite a few here, so I might not read them all, but crime shall never be presented in such a way as to create sympathy for the criminal to promote distrust of the forces of law and justice or to inspire others with a desire. (laughs) If crime is depicted, it shall be as a sordid and unpleasant activity. Policemen, judges, government officials, and respected institutions shall never be presented in such a way as to create disrespect for established authority. Criminals shall not be presented as to be rendered glamorous or occupy a position which creates a desire for emulation. In every instance, good shall triumph over evil, and the criminal punished for his misdeeds. So we didn't wow. have two, we didn't have two part issues back then like we do now, two right. three part story arcs, because the criminal had to be punished by the end of every issue. Um, scenes of excessive violence shall be prohibited. Scenes of brutal torture, excessive and unnecessary knife and gunplay, physical agony, and the gory and gruesome crime shall be eliminated. All scenes of horror, excessive bloodshed, gore, or gruesome crimes, depravity, lust, sadism, masochism shall not be permitted. Um, Seeds dealing with or instruments associated with walking dead, torture, vampires, vampirism, ghouls, cannibalism, and werewolfism are prohibited. (laughs) You couldn't have zombies or werewolves or And see, that was was a stake right... That was later relaxed, but I mean, obviously... Because they, a, there was Tomb of Dracula that came out in what the seventies, so later right, that yeah. well, that uh, right there is a stake through the heart of EC because the majority of their books were all horror driven. Nudity in any form is prohibited, as is indecent or undue exposure, profanity, obscenity, smut. Love that word. Vulgarity or <laughs> words or symbols which have acquired undesirable meanings are for, forbidden. So no smut. <laughs> no smut. <laughs> <laughs> suggestive and salacious illustration or suggestive posture is unacceptable. So Rob Liefeld would not have been permitted in 1954. He wouldn't have <laughs> had a job in 1954. Emails shall be drawn realistically and without exaggeration of any physical qualities. Too bad for you, Rob. Too bad for you. <laughs> no more tiny waist. That's right. No more tiny waist with super big boobs because no Rob, no Rob. Illicit sex relations are neither to be hinted nor portrayed. See, so, you can tell that that was written in 54 because by, no. ni- by the 1960s and the start of the Marvel Age, a lot of that stuff with the, the females and the relationships is out the window already. Well, and I mean, look at the 90s, the way women were drawn in the 90s. Obviously, you know, Marvel Comics were still being you know, approved by the Comics Code Authority then, but they were, women were definitely not being drawn modestly then. No. My well, imagination. Now, one thing, one good thing did come out of this. Um, since um, the Comics Code Authority, after Seduction Innocent, heavily monitored comics, the one area that they didn't touch was actual periodicals and regular magazines, the ones that didn't go on a comic rat. And so, therefore, that gave us the birth of Enos. Playboy. No. <laughs> more in magazines and more, Vampirilla more. and Eerie and Creepy. Yep. Um, so a lot that of those storytellers, yeah, a lot of those storytellers <laughs> who found themselves now not able to tell their books in EC um, suddenly had a new publisher for it. Yep. We should actually do a follow up on the birth of war and books because I'm almost willing to bet that the creative talent at EC that were suddenly out of a job found themselves over at Warren. Well, you know, another thing about the Comics Code Authority, too, um, real quick, one of a, a point of contention between DC and, and the Comics Code Authority Authority at one point was Marv Wolfman. Really? Because because you could not put do a story about a wolfman because of that. Uh. They did not want to print the man's name as a credit because his name was Wolfman. 
they had to go to the CCA and say, hey, look, this is this guy's actual last name is Wolfman. It's like, is it really a violation to put his last name? And then they agreed, well, no, if that's actually is really his last name, it wouldn't be. So it would be also be kind of it would be quite stupid also to do that because because the whole thing in a nutshell, seduction of the innocent epitomized the old adage. If you tell a big enough lie and you tell it well enough, everybody will believe it. Parents lost their minds, school teachers lost their minds, and 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 as you guys were talking about earlier, um a lot of people did not do do not did not do their homework until later, but a lot of this stuff that Frederick Wortham was saying was it really wasn't proven proven fact. He only told half the story. He he got his generalizations from the kids who were juvenile delinquents. He didn't talk to kids who were like regular or you know regular um quote unquote all American kids if if, if that was even a term. He didn't even talk to them. So, right. He he got his information from a bunch of from, from a bunch of knuckleheads. Let's be real about it. Put it in a book, and and there was enough people who had a man on against the knuckleheads, bought it and ate it up, and then this is what we have. Well, right. You know, and in some ways, he 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 did somewhat have a point i mean there you know some of these some of these old golden age comics and everything like that were yeah pretty, pretty violent and were pretty pretty risque and probably had some subject matter that probably wasn't something for children you know so well, well, well first of all a decapitated head is not appealing to me I'm, i mean you know to some folks yeah but 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 i mean you know, it's a comic book now man nobody's nobody's trying to look at it that will build William Gaines was the guy who was like he was trying to uphold it, but I mean he was fighting the uphill battle when he testified to Congress on that. It may be art, but there are some sick people out here, and that's something that we see even today that you gotta watch what you put up because there's always some fool that's willing to go out and copy it. Right. Yeah. And and I wish I'd remember this before we started. I have an issue of Brave and the Bold um, that I remember when I bought when it came on the stand. Um, the cover was okay, but on the inside of it, we saw Black Canary in both her underwear and tied up. And I'm like, isn't this the exact same that, thing CTA said was, you couldn't have? Yeah, that somehow that skipped past. That him. was Brave in the Bold, number 166, 1980. I, Batman and, I, and, and Black I, Canary. And, and, you, and, right, I, and I have it. Yes, I, and I, I, I wanted, to pull, so wanted I. to pull it out so I could show the panel. And, no. you know, keep in mind that there, there were some... Some creators that did, you know, go say we're we're gonna we're gonna bypass the code, such as for example with the uh, the three issue arc from Spider Man that Stan Lee wrote about about drugs, you know, and right. and, yeah. and the and and the and Spider Man ninety six through ninety eight, you know, he was approached by the by the government to re request him to write this story, you know, saying that drugs were bad and we shouldn't be doing, you know, kids shouldn't be doing drugs, and he took it on, and the CCA wouldn't approve it, so he just said screw it, we're gonna print it anyway. Right. So, because, you know, well, and here's where the CCA had no teeth. You can't print these subject matters. Um, we're telling you we're not going to prove your book. It didn't say you still couldn't publish it. Right. It was, clearly, was, yeah. it was clearly voluntarily. You know, it, you know, there was no law that said that, that comics had to, you know, submit to them or anything like that. And, you know, there's one of the things that, that, uh, that I was looking up. I, I don't have the, the list right in front of me. I wish I'd, I'd taken it down. But there are several comics that book companies that never submitted a comic to the CCA ever, you know, even back then, you know, some companies like Charlton and, and, and things like that, they, they didn't yeah. even use it. No. Ever. So there's a, right. Like, nope, nope, not going to happen. So, well, and then again, when the direct market came along, um, things like uh, Vigilante by DC or ElfQuest by Richard and Wendy uh, Peeney, is that it? Uh, there was a lot of books. I was like, well, you know, I'm being sold in a direct market. I don't really need to adhere to the CCA because you're not going to find my book on the grocery store or in the 7-Eleven. So I can do whatever exactly. I want here. Well, and there's also times where the CCA messed up. Like um, with, I, I've talked about it before on the air with uh, Jim Starenko with one, one of his, one of his size. Yeah was drawing Nick Fury. He wanted to draw, you know, Nick Fury and embrace with with a woman, you know, to hint that they were going to have sex. 
and he was like, well, that's more provocative than what I was going to draw. So, let's do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, it, it leads to, you know, cause it leads to people to imagine what's going on. And then, you know, and it, and in any case, in every case, you could always your imagination is always going to be more vivid than what someone can draw. So right, absolutely. So, all right, good stuff. Um, yeah, the, the CCA. I I just remember uh, when I first learned about it and reading what it was all about in Seduction and Innocent. I was like, well, wait a minute. I I'm seeing all these things in my comic books now that they said you can't have. Do you remember that, Enos, when you first learned what the CCA was and what it was supposed to be um, covering, right. that you were like, but I can pick up any two or three titles on the rack now and still see it. <laughs> exactly. And then, then that's when you were like, okay, so what do you guys govern? Because right. you aren't governing this. Well, yeah, because, the because cause you remember when Red Sonya first came out, you couldn't get more provocative than that. Oh, right. A little metal bikini. <laughs> mm -hmm. A chainmail bikini. Chainmail bikini. <laughs> it was chainmail. And swords. Well, I remember I used to always buy my comics and I would see that little white CCA label on the corner. And I never knew what it meant. So right. I finally looked it up and went, really? That's what this is for? <laughs> Approved by the comics. And look, and it was, and look, it was all over when you bought Conan. Oh, yeah. Well, shoot, Conan, I, I mean, he's running around in nothing but a loincloth. He probably violates everything. In, in exactly, exactly. Well, remember, even some of the horror books, see, now, they were toned down from the EC days, but sometimes they still got a little gruesome, especially the, the 70s horror by Marvel and the 80s horror oh, by DC. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Anyway, good subject. I had I had fun with this one. Um, so that is all the time that we have. Um, want to remind everybody that Madman has his show Shock Monkey Radio every Tuesday from six to seven here on FXBG Public Radio. We also have Facebook.com slash Lost in a Long Box. The link that I put for the lostsoti.org is on there. Go look that up. Some really great stuff on that site. Uh, I can probably going to be spending a lot more time on there myself now too. Um, Contact us at lostinalongbox at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, Enos has our three Facebook groups that he manages that are tied to us. Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever. Realm of Superheroes, Comics, and Pop Culture. And gather together the greatest superhero teams. All right, everybody, it looks like we might be back in the studio here soon. I know Tommy is still going to be um, staying at home for the broadcast, but... I think I might be back in the studio myself within a couple of weeks here. Um, until then, everybody stay safe. New comics are coming. It's not getting back to normal. I hate to say that, but we're going to start seeing new titles again. So everybody cool. be safe. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Can I want to take this opportunity yes. to apologize to our YouTube viewers uh, who didn't get the audio for the last half of that. Just go to the podcast. On uh, your podcatcher, and you can catch the second half. Apologies, we had some software issues. Nope, these things happen. This is the it great thing of everybody hard. working from home. <laughs> you got everything up as quickly as you could, and we appreciate that. Yeah, man. Enjoy your birthday, buddy. I will. See you. See you all later. See you all later, fellas.